Welcome to Throne of Chaos. We are your hosts, Autumn and Kelsey. And today we are discussing chapter 23 of Throne of Glass. As a disclaimer, we do not represent Sarah J. Mass or Bloomsbury Publishing. In last week's episode, the champions had their second test. They were scaling the castle walls to capture a flag. Ned Clements fell from the wall and died. Selena saved Knox after Grave pushed him over the wall and cut his rope. Kane won. Selena came in 18th place and Knox in last. We learned more about Selena's upbringing and training with Arabin. She was given the best tutors and then told at 14 that she would have to pay him back. We learned that the champion who didn't show up to the test was found mauled and dismembered in the stairwell. A few more tests pass and now there are only nine weeks left until the final duel. This chapter begins with Selena gaping at the sharp gray rocks on the ground. They stretched for miles, rising into fang-like mountains. She recognized them, knew how they crunched under her feet, how they smelled after the rain, how they easily cut into her skin when she was thrown down. She shivered, wearing little more than dirty rags. Her shackles clanked as she took in Endovier. What had happened? Had she failed and then been sent back here? She had tasted freedom, come so close to it, and now she screamed as excruciating pain shot down her back and she fell to the ground as the whip sounded. Someone barked at her to get on her feet. Tears stung her eyes. She knew she would be killed this time. She would die from the pain. The whip sliced into bone, making everything explode into agony. Selena's eyes flew open. She panted. Are you? Someone started from beside her. She jerked, wondering where she was. It was just a dream, said Kale. The detail in this dream is so vivid, she can feel being whipped by by the whip being whipped by the whip she can feel it but oh I couldn't couldn't imagine and you just waking up and hell's beside you <laughs> yeah <laughs> I can't imagine I mean I've had some nightmares mm-hmm. I had one sketchy hallucination as a child where snakes bit me and that that mm-hmm. was enough so I can't imagine reliving that kind of torture that you've yeah. already been through Rifthold. She was in Rifthold. She felt dizzy and nauseated. Sweat dripped down her back that felt too much like blood. Though her windows were shut, an odd draft from somewhere in her room kissed her face, smelling strangely of roses. Kale repeats that it was just a dream. You were screaming, he said with a shaky smile. I thought you were being murdered. Selena touched her back, filling the three large bridges and said, I was being whipped. So we know because we finished the series and that we're going to learn in like literally the next chapter that the smell is coming from within the hidden passageway, Mm -hmm. but it smells like roses and a happy hermit has a theory. And of course, if she has a theory, I am on the train and following her to wherever we're going. And she talks about how her theory is that The rose smell, because it pops up at very interesting times across pretty much every series. Like, every book has a rose-type smell at Mm -hmm. some point in time. Or a character, as something important is happening, smells roses. And I'm like, so weird that you're smelling roses in this moment. Mm -hmm. Why is that important? Sarah doesn't just slip things in. But she thinks that it's either the mother or fate. It's somebody in these moments kind of showing up scent is such a 
it means so much. So each person having their scent, she describes it in such detail. Mm. So the fact that she describes the scent of roses so much, it's got to mean, mean something. So yes, I 100% agree with that too. And because I just finished rereading Akasif, it is interesting to me that while Feyre is pregnant, thus becoming a mother, mm-hmm. her scent smells like a budding rose, which is Nick's growing mm-hmm. inside her. And I just find that very interesting that someone becoming a mother mm-hmm. now has a rose-like scent. Right. Also, we have also learned, we've caught things on like my fourth read of House of Earth and Blood. Yes. Yeah. A particular character scent, which we will dive into in a, yeah. when we talk about Crescent City. Yes. Yeah, very interesting. I need some confirmation on this, but maybe, um, maybe we'll get it eventually. I'm just going to spiral until, you know. <laughs> We're we all get, spiraling. Until we get House of Blood. And then that will probably give me new things to spiral about. So I'm yeah. just going to live in a state of chaos. Yes. I guess the rest of my life. She shakes her head, trying to remove the memory and asks Kill what he was doing there. It wasn't even Dawn. He tells her that it is Sam Hewen, so he is canceling their training for the day. But he wanted to see if she planned to attend the service. She'd lost track of time with the competition and wonders why no one mentioned it. Will there be a feast tonight? He tells her, of course, but she isn't invited. She asks, will you be summoning the dead to you this haunted night or lighting a bonfire with your companions? I don't partake in such superstitious nonsense. Be careful, my cynical friend. The gods and the dead are closest to the earth this day. They can hear every nasty comment you make. He rolled his eyes. It's a silly holiday to celebrate the coming of winter. The bonfires just produce ash to cover the fields. As an offering to the gods to keep them safe. As a way to fertilize them. So says you, replies Selena, getting out of bed. He tells her that he never took her for a superstitious person. How does that fit into your career? She glares at him as she enters her bathing chamber, Kale close behind. Are you going to join me, she asks. Kale stiffened, realizing his error, and slammed the door. When she was done, she found him in her dining room. Again, he asked if she's going to temple. I'm allowed to go to temple, but not to the feast. He says religious observances shouldn't be denied to anyone. The feast is a show of debauchery. She tells him no, she isn't going, and he responds, For someone so superstitious, you risk angering the gods by not attending. I imagine that an assassin would take more interest in the Day of the Dead. She tells him that she worships in her own way. Perhaps I'll make a sacrifice or two of my own. He tells her to mind herself while he's gone and that she has a test tomorrow. Again, she moans. They just had one three days ago. It had been javelin throwing on horseback and her wrist was still tender. Kel said nothing more and her chambers turned silent. Though she tried to forget it, the sound of the whip still snapped in her ears. So I have to acknowledge that Kel said something smart when mentioning that no one should be excluded from religious practices. So I said something nice about Kel, put it on the record, and we'll <laughs> move on from that. But I still don't get why everyone else is going to be allowed to go to the feast besides a Selena. Mm-hmm. and came because he was summoning the Valg. But I bet he was invited. Ritterac, demon thing. But he would have been allowed to go. I just yeah. know it in my soul that he would have been allowed <laughs> to go. So I'm just trying to figure out why why specifically her? Is it because Kale is a no fun, mm-hmm. fun sucker? No fun, sir. Yeah. Zero fun, sir. 
Yes. If you know that movie reference, then good on you. (laughs) (laughs) And to just help keep track, we are down to 16 champions at this point. Yep. So to go in some more detail about Sam Hewen, it is a holiday. It's based off the belief that the veil between the spirit world and the world they live in is lifted on this day. It is celebrated with a level of superstition about unseen things and the dead. It is closely related to the actual holiday of Samhain, which is a Gaelic festival held on November 1st, marking the end of harvest season and the beginning of winter, or darker half of the year. Celebrations usually begin on the evening of October 31st, since this is when the Celtic day began and it ended at sunset. And it's also about halfway between the autumnal equinox and winter solstice. And historically, it's widely observed throughout Ireland, Scotland, Galicia, and the Isle of Man. And it involved great gatherings at which they held meetings, feasted, drank alcohol, and held contests. And it is said to be the origin of Halloween. So we were beginning to get in the fall when they got Selena out of Endovia. Now we're kind of around Halloween, October 31st, November 1st in our book timeline. Dorian, glad the service was finally over, strode the castle grounds needing some fresh air. Religion neither convinced nor moved him, and his mother had used the ceremony as a chance to point out all the eligible ladies. He spent the entire service trying not to scream at the top of his lungs. He rounded a hedge and almost crashed into Selena. She was wearing a blue-green velvet gown the color of a mountain lake. It was about a hundred years out of fashion. He notes that the folds of fabric, like flowing waters of a river, were rather attractive. Hello, Lady Lillian, he greeted her, then turned to address Princess Nehemia and Captain Westfall, who were accompanying her. You're looking festive, he told Selena. Her brows lowered, and Kel explained that her servants were attending the service when she got dressed. Corsets required assistance to get in and out of. She blushed, her eyes bright and angry. My apologies, my lord prince. I'm truly sorry my clothes don't suit your taste. He quickly replied, no, no, you look very nice, just a bit out of place. Centuries, actually, he thought, and glanced at her feet, clad in red shoes. Selena gave him an exasperated look. This is another Wizard of Oz reference, the red ruby slippers her red ruby shoes sarah just loves a red ruby slipper i mean yes she's like clink them together there's no place like home and go back to (laughs) terrison like it's just wizard of oz and she's and she's gonna have fleet foot so there's her toto also her shoes and dress absolutely do not match at all her blue and green velvet dress with these red shoes just remind me of clown shoes or something so i kind of wish we would have gotten to see a portion of the sam hewen ceremony because during the Yule Miss ceremony, um, the high priestess has an eight-pointed star tattooed on her forehead. And I just want to know more about the priestesses in the talk world because mm-hmm. I'm in, still in the process of a deep dive and I just haven't seen as much of them as I would like to. And since I'm in the middle of reading House of Earth and Blood, according to Rune, the eight-pointed star is the symbol of the starborn fae. So anyone or anything associated with the eight-pointed star just, like, sends me in a tailspin. Mm -hmm. And trying to find a meaning behind Sarah's weird choice of clothing colors, a random thought that popped up in my head was it could be a subtle references to Selena's two types of magic that she possesses. So the red could represent her fire powers, 
and the blue-green could represent her water magic. And we know that she likes or, like, has a better fondness for her water magic mm-hmm. because it came from her mother and it had dreams of being a healer, which is a part of having water magic. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the power she considers more important, and it's the power that she gets to keep after she closes the gates. I want to go with that's what Sarah was going for. That shit was a subtle reference to Aelin Selena's powers that we're going to get to see. If not, then we need to have a talk with Sarah about <laughs> color schemes and what does and does not go right. together. And blue green with red shoes is an interesting combo to pick. Just to touch on what you said about her magic, it is very interesting because everyone talks about, you know, at the end that she lost her powers or kind of, you know, comparing that to Neston, it's it's not the same thing. And I feel like she looks at her fire powers as destroy, like they destroy everything. She's terrified of them. Yes. And even as she was younger, people are terrified of her because of that. It's not used for anything good basically. It's always a negative connotation for her. I mean, that was the part of her reservations of not wanting to change again into Faye and was glad that magic was gone. At this point, she's still glad magic is gone because she didn't like that part of herself. So I think hopefully we're not done with the Tog world and we do get some more into her because she always wanted to delve into that water magic side of her, the magic she got from her mother. And she still has that as far as we know. So maybe we'll get get some more of this. And then when Feyre uses the water magic that she got mm-hmm. from Tarquin, it's amazing. I love whenever she uses those powers with her water wolves and just all mm-hmm. of that. I just love this type of power. But I did like your little correlation there to her magic based on her clothes because... I, I, dug, I dug deep for that mm-hmm. one. <laughs> it because, came randomly. I mean, Sarah knows what she's doing with... Okay, we have Feyre's starfall dress so she knows what she's doing with with the fashion so there's a purpose behind this so that was the one I could come up with pretending to think like Sarah might think but to touch on the thing about people getting mad about female characters losing their powers at the end the only characters that Sarah does that to are characters who want absolutely nothing to do with the power they possess like Aelin the whole series is terrified of her firepower she uses it because she has to but she's all she's never connected with it she never Mm -hmm. like grows into it or accepts it as her own like when we look at pharaoh when she acknowledges the power that she got from the seven high lords she tells them i did not steal your power this Mm -hmm. is my power now like this is mine like she accepts it and keeps it as her own Nesta, the same thing. Nesta, the whole time, is pushing her powers down, down, down. She wants nothing to do with them. They terrify her. She hates them. She didn't want them. So her giving them up and losing them, which mm-hmm. if you go back and read, she didn't lose all of them. If you go back and read, the mother cauldron blessed back, her with some. She gave back what she took. Yes. That's not to say that she wasn't given other powers like Feyre, like Elaine from the cauldron. We don't know what we don't know what they have. Because I think when they turned Faye, it heightened whatever they had in them to begin with. This is this This is is not an (laughs) actor. But it it relates. But every 
we're tying things together. Yes. We're, we're weaving things that have been woven together and putting them in front of you. So yeah. Yeah. Nesta just any- returned what she took and she was glad to be rid of that. She didn't want it, but I don't think she's not completely powerless. Yes. So we'll, so- we'll find out. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Also, Aelin is a magnificent, powerful character without this massive amount of, like, goddess firepower. Yeah, look at all she's she done. Still, she still did everything at the end of Kingdom of Ash with nothing. And even before then, until the towers fell, she didn't have access to yeah. it anyway, so. Yeah, she did, mm-hmm. she did so much with zero power, so yeah. I think we can say that she's strong enough without them. Right. That's the end of my soapbox. <laughs> Back to our episode. <laughs> he turned to Nahemia in his best ill way, which wasn't very impressive at all, asked how she was. Her eyes shone with amusement at his shoddy ill way, and she replied that she was well in his language. Dorian thinks about how Duke Barrington has been pushing for a plan to bring more forces into Ilway to crush the rebels from ever challenging Ardalan's rule again. He wanted to keep Nahemia in Ardalan as a way to discourage any retaliation from the rebels. Dorian spent hours arguing against the plan to the council. Some of the council members voiced their agreement with Dorian, but the majority were in favor of Duke Parrington's plan. So Dorian convinced them to wait until his father returned. I will say that the growth Dorian shows in the next couple books is so good because he goes, this entire book, for the majority of it, He is scared of his father and like terrified to finally stand up to him. And he finally gets to that point where he's ready to stand up to his dad. And then, you know, he gets possessed by the Valg Prince. But I think he needed one to grow up, but also he needed to experience a little bit of darkness so that he could better match Manon. Yeah. Kind of like how both Reese and Feyre and Rowan and Aelin both needed to go through something to kind of match each other. Like they both, and even Bryce and Hunt as well. Mm-hmm. Like they all went through things that made them a pair. That made their experiences were very similar. Like mm-hmm. Reese and Feyre, what they went through under the mountain. What Rowan and Aelin went through with losing loved ones. Mm-hmm. Very similar. Bryce and Hunt, same thing. Also random, but as I was going over this, it hit me that also... Lucian and Elaine also went through very similar experiences with losing the person that they thought they would spend their life with. I'm not trying to start the as Lucian Elaine debate, but that is a very interesting thing to note that Lucian's, the girl he thought was going to be his mate was murdered in front of him. And Elaine, the man she thought she was going to marry, rejected her once she got forced into being a fae. So Mm -hmm. like not trying to get into that debate right because at this point I don't really care who they end up with yeah I'm very interested to see which way it goes because I know that Sarah will write it well but it was a very it was a thought that hit me that made me very interested in that Dorian thinks that if he was anyone else besides the crown prince he would warn Nehemia of Duke Parrington's plan but if Nehemia left Otterlin before she was supposed to then Duke Parrington would know Dorian had told her and would inform his father Things are bad enough between his father and he that he didn't need to be labeled a rebel sympathizer. So Doran asks Nehemia if she will be attending the feast tonight. 
She turns to Selena and asks if she is attending. Selena says, unfortunately, no, she has other plans. Dorian tells Selena not to blame him. She was the one to accept that invitation to the party in Rithold. Dorian couldn't bring her to the feast. There would be too many people watching and too many questions raised, and he would be unable to keep an eye on her in a crowd of people. Okay, but we're going to let every other criminal come. Everyone but Selena, because she she's the problem. It's it. me. Hi. <laughs> I'm the problem. Yeah, I don't get it. So Nehemia frowns, confirming that Selena will not be at the feast. Selena tells her she's sure she will have a lovely time in Otterland's language before switching to Elway to say, His Highness certainly knows how to keep women entertained. Nahimia laughs and Dorian's face warmed, thinking how they make a formidable pair. Gods help them all. Selena joins arms with Nahemia, telling Dorian that they are very important people and busy and that they must be off. Good day to you, your highness, she says as they walk away. And Dorian thinks that allowing them to be friends was a horrible, dangerous idea. I love that Dorian understands just enough yeah <laughs> way to get what she said about him dorian glares at kale saying thanks for his help kale laughs and responds you think that was bad you should see them when they really get going before following after selena and nahemia dorian thinks he wants to pull his hair out and scream he enjoyed seeing selena the other night but he had gotten too busy with cancel meetings and holding court if it wasn't for the feast he would have gone to visit her tonight he didn't mean to annoy her with talks of her dress, and he didn't know that she would be upset about not going to the feast. He scowls, heading towards the kennels. One thing, you didn't think the girl who likes dressing up wouldn't want to go to a party. Right. The girl who was in prison for a year wouldn't want to go to a party. Also, you're a prince. You should know that picking on a woman's dress is a no-no, no matter what. Just stand there, to yourself. <laughs> stand there, look pretty, and tell her she looks nice. That's all we needed from you <laughs> in that moment, Dorian. Selena is admiring her dress while Kel speaks slowly, explaining to Nehemia that he is a guard, not a soldier. Nehemia says there's no difference, and Kel tells her that he is not trained to fight in battles. Nehemia replies, you kill on the orders of your king. Selena notes her usage of your king and not hers. Selena thinks how dangerous it is for Nehemia to use that kind of language in the gardens where anyone could overhear, so she attempts to change the subject by telling Kel that it's useless to argue with her. She says that perhaps he shouldn't have given his title to Taryn and asks if he could reclaim it. Kel wonders how she knew his brother's name, and Selena says, you told me, why wouldn't I remember it? She notices how handsome he looked today, the way his hair fell across his brow. But I give big props to Nehemia for messing with Kale during this, like not understanding the difference, which I mean, really, there's not a difference. There shouldn't be a difference, but yeah. in this kingdom, again, it shows that Kale, it's his backwards, job is so, should be in charge, but his job is so just frou-frou it's just the guards you just guard the king like you don't actually go to battle like those are different those he doesn't even guard soldiers. the king though yeah i don't he just hangs out with dorian all day and collects his salary yeah 
He's a nepotism baby. That's all he is. <laughs> Nepo baby. <laughs> also, um, Mr. Kale, you should learn how to fight in a battle very soon because in less than a year, you're going to be involved in a ton of them. Mm-hmm. Also, why are you shocked by her remembering your brother's name? Is it because you couldn't remember that she was trained by Arab and Hamill after she told you three days ago? Is that where the disconnect was? Like, she's a normal human who remembers when you tell her things about yourself. Like, she's not just talking to talk. And it's like he's already, as he's speaking with her, it's already in one ear and out the next. Like, he's not truly listening. Selena says, I suppose you'll enjoy the feast without me there. Kel asks if she's really that upset about missing it. Selena says, no, but everyone loves parties. He asks if he should bring her a trinket, and she tells him she only wants a sizable portion of roast lamb. Kel tells her that it's just dinner like any other night, and Selena says, as her friend, he should either bring her along or keep her company. Friend? Kel questions, and she says, scowling escort or reluctant acquaintances might be better descriptions. But yes, Kel, the girl who spent a year in in prison, who has told you multiple times that she hates feeling lonely and being alone, is upset about being told to stay in her rooms during a feast. Why are we surprised by this? And these scenes where they're kind of flirting just makes me feel the ick. (laughs) Ick vibes. Secondhand embarrassment over here in the corner (laughs) reading my book. Which I hate that feeling because I'm a socially awkward person and it just, yeah. Also, her not being allowed to go to the feast has the same energy as Thera not being allowed to go to Calamai. However, there was an actual danger involved with Feyre going to Calamai. It worked out for Feyre in the end. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite scenes in the entire series. But there's no threat to Selena mm-hmm. for Selena being there. Right. Unless you consider dancing a threat. I promise this is not an Akatar podcast. I just, <laughs> it's a Sarah J. Mass podcast. And I just have a lot of Akatar references. Yes. There was a lot of parallels today. To me, with Kale saying, oh, it's just any other dinner. But to her, someone who's been in prison for a year, and then most the rest of the world that didn't grow up in a castle. It is something special. And to him, it's, I don't know if it's he's jaded or he's just so clueless of his privilege even. And it's just something that he takes for granted. And very soon, when you're not in that position anymore, which they're all about to be, it's, oh yeah, I kind of wish I would have appreciated that a little bit more. But yeah, I guess it is his privilege of, Mm -hmm. it's just another feast. It's just like, okay, well, not everyone gets those like, opportunities. He even states the food will be dry as it always is. Okay, well, some people don't have food, Kale, in we, your kingdom. Exactly. There's some people right outside the gates that don't have food. Yeah. And Selena, for a year, didn't have any food. Scraps and moldy food. Yeah, I'm just like, dude, check yourself. It's giving, I'm an idiot. <laughs> That's what it's giving. You're an idiot. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> We will never not have a movie reference, so (laughs) we don't apologize for that. 80% of our combo. In real life and on the podcast. podcast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
So Nahemia jumps in, stating that Selena should teach her how to speak their language for one hour a night prior to supper. Selena, knowing Kale would never agree, lies saying that she doesn't know how to teach someone to speak a language and then translates Nahemia's request to Kale. He tells her that it is not possible, and Nehemia demands to know why, insisting that Selena is smarter than most of the people in the castle. As they approach the clock tower, they find Kane kneeling before it, focused on something on the ground. His head shoots up as he hears them approach. Selena notices dirt on his hands, but he nods to Kale, stalking away before she can observe him better. Kale is Captain Delusional if he actually thinks that him saying no to Selena teaching Nehemia is actually going to stop them. And like, Nehemia tells him, um, I'm a princess. I can do what I want. Yeah, like, you are not in charge, sir. You may think you are, but you are not. And then Selena puts it on him and Dorian when she can't do something and make them come up with a reason for Nehemia as to why. She's like, okay, you won't let me? Well, then you have to tell her why. <laughs> yeah, here you go. <laughs> Explain it. <laughs> Nehemia asks who Kane is, and Kel tells her he is a soldier in the king's army, but he serves Duke Parrington now. Nehemia comments, something about him makes me want to beat his face in. Selena laughs, telling her she's glad she's not the only one. She looks at the spot where Kane was kneeling and notices that there's a mark on the ground a triangle inside of a circle. Nehemia tells her it's a word mark. She asks Nehemia if she can read them, and Nehemia tells her no. They are a part of an ancient religion that died long ago. Selena asks what religion and notices another mark a couple feet away. This one was a vertical line with an inverted peak stretching from its middle. Nehemia tells her that she should leave it alone. Such things are forgotten for a reason. As they are walking away, Selena notices a third mark, a diamond with two inverted points protruding from either side, and the top and bottom peaks of the diamond were elongated into a straight line. It seemed to be symmetrically perfect. Selena wonders if the king had them carved when he built the clock tower, or do they predate it? One, I love that Nehemia's first thought of Cain is that she wants to beat his face in. And I wonder how long it took her to realize that, like, he was the one summoning the Valk. And we get our first mention of the word, word marks. Mm -hmm. And we'll deep dive into them later. But I would love a dictionary with all the word marks in a book. Can we, yeah. can we get a word mark dictionary? Like a book that teaches us word marks? Yes be cool wouldn't it mm -hmm. that'd be I a fun book i'd read it maybe they'll be in this world of throne of glass book like a word mark section yeah at, at least, least just at least the ones that she uses throughout the series that would be yes cool. yes because i have to admit i'm not a very artistically inclined person mm -hmm. so i keep trying to like i'll sit at home and like try to draw the marks and mm -hmm. i'm like I don't think that's what it's telling me. Like, <laughs> as soon as she lists them out, I immediately am like, oh, okay. And then forget I'm like, it. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> like the, the last one, I'm like trying in my head to work out like, With is the this diamond an eight-pointed? And... I'm like, is this an eight-pointed star? But everywhere, everywhere I drew it, I'm like, that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what I just drew, but that's not it. So we'll see. I think 
Nehemia finds out pretty quickly, especially when she know she knows what they are and she kind of knew what Cain was doing. If she caught on, obviously he was doing something with that and she knows what all of that means. And then she, I wonder when she actively stop, starts trying to stop him because she knows that this thing's coming in and then she draws the things under Selena's bed to protect her. So I wonder mm -hmm. around kind of what time has she pieced that together of what's going on. And also this calls back to chapter eight when we first saw the clock tower and she saw the mark, one of the marks for the first time and mm -hmm. questioned Kale about it. And now she finds Kane leaning and kind of messing with those. So she's kind of thinking back to that as well. And mm -hmm. then Nehemia finally puts a name to it and she obviously knows what it is. But then again, Kale, he has zero interest in it. He doesn't care and he doesn't even think it's weird. Like, dude, how are you so blind? How are you so clueless? I don't understand. He's just, oh, no, I don't know what that is. Just leave it alone. It's, do you ever question anything? I don't get it. I'm sorry. I ask questions of anything. Like this book, this yeah. book right here, it's just filled with me writing in the margins. Why is this? What's yeah. this? Why this number? What that? Why do we look like, like, yeah. ask questions. You learn I things ask so when many you questions. ask questions. Especially when things don't add up, like, I ruined my own proposal because I was asking <laughs> questions and I was out of town. So I was zero help in this situation. <laughs> okay. Backstory. Jake had this whole thing set up. He's going to have our friends come. We were going to go to our college town, this area called Sweetheart Circle. Our friends are going to be there, but the things he was telling me just wasn't adding up of like why we were going, what time, like. I was just asking so many questions and he, what he was telling me just wasn't making sense. And in my mind, I'm like, not like, shut up, Kel, just, just go with the flow. I'm like, no, I've got too much of my mom in me. And I just need to know every little detail, every little answer. And by the time he just like got down on one knee in the kitchen of our apartment and asked me to marry him, he was like, I had this whole thing planned with our friends, but you just couldn't keep your mouth shut. I'm like, yeah, that would be me in these books. Like, why, 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 why? I'm that little kid of like, why this, why this? Because I just need to know. And I can't, I'm like a dog with a bone. If something's, you know, sounds fishy, like I'm going to suss it out to try to figure it out. Like, yes. Put me on which, the FBI because I will find out. Which I would just like to say, I don't think there's a single woman that has had a husband boyfriend fiance plan a proposal. Yeah. Truly be shocked by that proposal. Yeah. Especially when they like start doing things to get you somewhere. Because yeah. no man plans anything <laughs> ever. I'm sorry. Yes. My father is the most spontaneous person. He will just walk in the house and be like, I bought a boat. And my mom would be like, when? And he'd be like, <laughs> now. I saw it on the side of the road. I wanted it. I got it. And my mom would be like, there was no plan. <laughs> like my dad will just wake up in the morning and be like, hey, we're going to Texas. And I would be like, get dressed let's go <laughs> okay give me five minutes to pack a bag sir like yeah so anytime a man goes to plan something like that like I feel like a woman's radar is like like beep, they beep, beep. like sums up yeah something is up mm -hmm. which I had to plan my mother's surprise birthday for her 50th let me tell you that was the hardest thing of my life keeping that woman from figuring out what's going on and finally I just I just caved. I just told her. I just <laughs> cried and told her. I was like, I just need you to be busy for two hours, ma'am. <laughs> two hours. And then you go here and just do what I say. And she was just like, <laughs> really was.
was surprised because she didn't really know like exactly what was going to be waiting for her. Mm -hmm. She just knew something was happening. I was like, just be busy until this time and then go here. That's it. That's all I need you to do. Now that we've went on that long. (laughs) Back to the show here. Back to the book. Selena looks up, finding Nehemia staring at her forehead. She asks if there is dirt on her face. Nehemia suddenly stares in Selena's eyes with a ferocity that makes her recoil slightly and asks, you know nothing more about wordmarks? Selena tells her no, and Nehemia says, you're hiding something. You're much more than you seem. Selena replies that she hopes she's something more than a simpler courtier and asks if Nehemia can teach her to speak Elway properly. Nehemia tells her yes, if she can teach her more of her ridiculous language. Selena tells her she will and to keep it a secret from Captain Westfall. They agree to meet the following day at five. Nehemia is looking for the nameless mark. So that confirms that she's already talking with Elena Mm -hmm. because there's no way on her own that she just knew Selena was Elena would have the nameless mark my theory I feel like she can see it so you know how it takes like Nehemia is open to the magical world and what's Mm -hmm. going on and it takes Selena being poisoned drugged for her to be able to see all that and I think Nehemia is already open to that she can see all that so I'm thinking and Nehemia saw it the whole time during that scene right right so I'm thinking like that mark is just on Selena's head just other people can't see it in that moment Mm -hmm. so I'm thinking she can see it and she's I don't know if she's spoken with Elena yet or she knows the full extent of it but it she knows the mark she knows word marks and she's like okay what's going on because what does that mean Mm -hmm. so I guess we kind of don't know but that's my theory is that She's open to that realm and the spiritual realm almost mm-hmm. and can see those type of things. So she also awakens the magic in Dorian. Yeah, I meant to point that out too. She does the same thing with Dorian. All right, well, that is chapter 24. And to recap this episode, it is Sam Hewen, an autumnal holiday, sort of a version of Halloween. There is a religious service, but Selena declines to attend and there will be a feast, but she is not invited. Dorian runs into Selena, Nehemia, and Kel walking the gardens and joins them. And there they find Cain kneeling before the clock tower, and Nehemia puts a name to the symbols carved into the stone, which are called word marks. And this is obviously going to be huge throughout the rest of the series. And then next week, we'll go into a little bit more meat and some good parts in the book. Just stay tuned. Things are going to start picking up plot-wise. Please don't forget to like and subscribe on whatever listening platform you are using. And you can find us on Instagram at Throne of Chaos Pod. And we are also on YouTube at Throne of Chaos Pod. If you'd rather watch us, check us out over there and subscribe. And thank you so much for listening. Bye.